Welcome to the Collective Scope Podcast, where we talk to great leaders who are influencing the next generation. Welcome to the Collective Scope Podcast. We have Kevin B. Jennings, a brand strategist, business coach, and what I recently find out is a DJ with the hype men. Is that in Nashville? You guys in Nashville, Kevin? Yeah, we split our time primarily between Nashville and Atlanta, Georgia. So if you had a party, we travel. We've been we've been all over the country at this point. Wow, I'm excited. We have that here at least. So Kevin, tell me first off, what does a personal brand strategist do? Yeah, so a personal brand strategist helps someone build and establish their reputation online and offline, but primarily online, right? And so, and then a personal brand is nothing more than a reputation. And all we're trying to do is say, how do we steward that strategically to accomplish objectives and hopefully amplify a message uh, that helps people? And so that might mean growing a community online. It might mean making sure people know more about the Collectives Co. podcast, right? You might have a variety of objectives you're trying to achieve with that, but it's all about how we grow, scale, and manage reputation online. Great. That's good. And I like, um, you know, having that conversation because certainly as a pastor and um, I mean, there are a lot of pastors, you know, uh, probably we hope for, are listening to this podcast, but um, we hope, right? We hope. We hope they're listening. <laughs> Is it okay to say that? Well, so, yeah. <laughs> we hope to listen to this podcast, but, uh, and I, I truly believe this and, uh, you know, I've heard you say as, as, as many others that before someone actually ever visits the church, they actually visited online first. And so um, websites are critical. Look, brand feel is critical. What are some of those key things um, that people need to be paying attention to when they build a website for people to visit before they ever come to church? Yeah, so hopefully, um, if you're, you know, like I said, if we're doing this right, so I'll say that if you're doing this right, we are hoping that someone is encountering honest reviews about the church and what they can expect, hoping that their expectations are being set. Uh, we hope that they are easily discovering how to find said church, right? Address, phone number, et cetera. Um, maybe they're able to see what the church looks like and see um, inside that experience uh, to understand what, they, what they'll be encountering when they get there. And, and then I think the last thing would just be, to what extent are they able to access the teachings, the people uh, that, that are make up that community and lead that community of believers. And so I think, you know, we're, we're trying to say how well can we craft what we want to be seen for the first impression, right? I think that's the thing. We're, we're just owning that we don't control someone's first impression, but we can influence it. And that impression is likely going to be one or two things for a church. I have a friend who goes there and mm. I, or, or our friend who goes there, I don't like them. So that's, so that's one thing you can control, right? You can control that if they have a colleague that they do not like that goes to your church. Um, but the other thing is, what can we do online to influence that first impression of what you want it to look like, feel like, say about you? Um, but hopefully, honest reviews. Now, if their honest reviews are seen first, that, you know, say honest obviously is a part of it, then whatever is or isn't there is hoping they're going to encounter as well. We are not trying to. Uh, misrepresent what's there. You know, every church is not for everyone. Now, I know that right. might have said to many, many leaders who want to be all things to all people, um, but every church isn't for everyone. So hopefully they're finding out what you are and what you are not 
before they get there so that their expectations have been set and whatever they encounter when they show up is an accurate representation of what they saw online. Yeah, I went through this with um, with a fairly large church in, in California where I was pastoring, and uh, we even went as far as studying color palettes for websites and what's attractive and not attractive that really fits our values and our brand promise and our value proposition, all those kinds of things. Now, uh, I would say that a lot of people are not necessarily savvy and sort of understanding the market research or understanding what color palettes mean. So without being overwhelmed by those, those kind of issues, I mean, what are, are, are there just some basic one, two, threes, hey, pick a color that's bright or, you know, how well does it need to match the DNA of the church or the organization, those kinds of things? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, first of all, there are ways you can, you can go, you know, Google, hey, what does, what does the color red mean? You know, and have yeah. all these great things like passion and, you know, uh, fire and all that kind of great things. The association we have subconsciously with colors. Um, and, and so we really will go back to how well do we understand what we want to provide to our community. You know, do we know our place within this sphere locally that we're going to contribute, right? I mean, I hope every leader who's listening, every pastor listening, is thinking to themselves, hey, my church is, is providing something that hopefully cooperates and connects with what all the other churches are doing. Not so in, in collaboration, but saying, hey, you all serve the people really well, but there's this other community that's not being served well. We're going to step in and fill that gap as the body of Christ. Hopefully, we're all working together to hopefully say this community, this city served well because all five, six, seven, eight, twenty-five churches live in this area. In this area. Um, and so, if you know that clearly, and I know that's really hard to say, oh yeah, if you just know your mission and meaning. Um, but I would start there and say, hey, where, who are we serving, and what do we add uniquely to this community? Now we can say. How do we represent that to, to your to your point, uh, Rob? Like how, how do we actually go about doing that from that particular spot? Right. Um, and so then we can say, okay, now, hey, we ask what color represent these, you know, you can Google it, what color represent these ideas, you know, and, yeah. and kind of starts to become a little more clear there. Um, I just recently got back actually from Texas working with the church on clarifying the messaging. And one of the things that this church had in spades was just clarity around what who they were, what, what, what they were trying to do. They just knew that part before I got there. And I know that's really, really hard because you feel like you're disqualifying someone saying you don't belong here. And I would say that's not true. You make you can create a place where everybody belongs while still tailoring the experience to serve someone uniquely. Right? I mean, so, so I think so I think saying, hey, we are you we've uniquely designed our experience for these group types of people. How everybody everyone's welcome. Like you know, it's not exclusive in the sense that you can't walk in our door and not be treated with respect and kindness and a hug or a high five. But we've designed our experience for these people. Yeah, Kevin, there's a a move and maybe better set attention with church online and online campuses, online streaming services. Um, some churches are doing it really well. Some churches are simply just streaming this the the service. Some churches are afraid to go there at all. Um, how do we have online church, online streaming services? without the fear of, of not connecting people? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I would say first, let's ask ourselves, why are we doing it to begin with? You know, I, I think that, you know, um, keeping with the Joneses and doing because everybody's doing it isn't necessarily helpful. Um, we talked about, you know, it isn't, you know, the second question, right? This idea of 
we're looking for people to experience online and what that might mean for them. And we know we want them to see some things. Um, but I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of thinking about what you're putting out of the church a lot more of a cable package. All right. And so hold, hold tight for those who are like, what? Um, this, this analogy, I promise you, I won't, I won't leave you hanging. So when you sign up for Comcast or Xfinity, they're going to give you, what, 100 channels, right? And you're going to have ESPN1, ESPN2, ESPN3, ESPNU, ESPN News, right? And you're like, whoa, it's all this for the sports. Well, those who have been following ESPN for a while, sports junkies like myself, right? ESPN2 is kind of for like the second tier sports, right? The sports that just do not draw the same little viewership, right? You might be likely to catch a, a bowling marathon, um, you know, on, on ESPN2, or you might catch, you know, the Little League World Series on ESPN2. They have a community that loves to watch that stuff. ESPN News is just the headlines, right? No different than their things. But what they're doing is they're defining that, right? Lifetime, television for women, right? These unique clarifying pieces. So what is the unique thing? How does the online channels fit into what you're doing? What, what, is, what is Instagram even doing within the content of what your church is doing, right? Are you just there because everybody's there? Because I'm, and I'm saying that question because what happens is you do this because you feel like you have to. Right, it gets poorly managed, it gets neglected, and then it's not doing done well. Now it reflects poorly in the online search. Right, a church hasn't posted on Instagram in seven months. They're like the church shut down. Well, no, no, we're still here. We've been here every week. We're just busy. Well, why? Well, why do we do this? Well, everybody told me to get on Instagram. Mm. Well, but then we tell, hey, everybody follows on Instagram. But why? Right, if I'm here every week and I'm actually like engaged and I'm reading the, you know, maybe watching the slides at church or following the announcement, reading the bulletin, whatever you're doing today. If I'm informed, why do I need to go there? Oh, there's a reason. Well, what is the reason? Right? You want to define how it fits within the cable package, right? So, like, what is the unique proposition, right? Those who love USA, the channel, USA specializes in scripted TV shows. You've never seen a reality TV show in USA because they don't do it. They've decided we, we only want scripted television, right? Bravo, on the other hand, crazy reality shows everywhere. So, once you want to decide that, so for example, what are we going to do with our, with our podcast? Well, our podcast is just going to be discerning. Okay. Hey, our podcast is designed to help those who missed service this week. That is, the, that is the definition of it. If that's what we're going to do with it, we're going to say to you, hey, if you miss a service or you're traveling, don't worry. You never miss a message because we actually create the podcast just for you. We know life gets busy. We know life is crazy. And you can't always make it to the physical building to enjoy the worship experience. So we created the podcast for you. Subscribe to it. And when you miss a service, it's going to be delivered to your phone on Monday morning for your commute to work. Mm. Oh, now that's one way to look at it. Or no, the podcast is designed for you to share the service with your friends. You might see a hear a service and say, you know what? This particular service talked about marriage and I have a friend who's really going through a tough time right now. We want to make sharing it with them easy and maybe a little bit less uh, intimidating than getting in there car on a Sunday morning and drove you to the building. Don't worry. If you just go to the website, press a simple button, it shares it right to your friend's email. They can listen to it without ever having the pressure of coming in and getting dressed up. Okay, that's one way of vision it. It's designed to be shared with friends. It's an outreach tool. All right, either one. Well, when you make that decision, what you do on the podcast changes, right? Because I won't talk to If it's for the outreach tool, I'd say, hey, hi, I'm Kevin, and I'm one of the people on the staff here at Fill in the Blank Church. And what my job is, is to welcome you. Somehow you got this podcast live with your friend who thought you could benefit from what we're talking about today. And so what we want to do is say, 
when you're done with this uh, sermon, when we're done, we're going to come back, and I'm going to tell you a couple of next steps, how we can help you take action in this particular area of your life. Okay, I'm positioning it like a welcoming tool. I'm the first impression guy, right? I'm the welcoming committee. Yeah. And so, so I'm thinking about this strategically saying, think about how it fits, and then go all the way in and make sure it does that thing really, really well. And now at this point, you see your church, at the end of every service, hey, if you have a friend who's going through a tough time in, this, in their marriage or their health, this and this topic, here's what you're going to do right now. Text the word podcast to 345-345. We're going to send you a link. You can just send, copy the exact link, put in a text message to your friend right now from your seat. Here we go. Put two minutes on, put, put two minutes on the clock, right? Now you have your entire church thinking every week, how do I help what I just heard help someone in my life? We're going to put in the programming. We're going to make it happen. That's, that seems like a game changer because I feel like, and, and, and I've heard you talk about this to other people, is the church is really great at investing in quality content that only happens once. Oh um, my gosh, yes. Like, like a pastor has spent 20, 25 hours in a sermon week. prep and he preaches it the one time and we never hear it again. And, and this is a great idea of being able to share that with somebody having clarity because because I, I know I've walked out of the church services and go, oh, I wish somebody had heard that that I knew. Um, that's, that's phenomenal. How do we take the content we create besides podcasting and other ways and make it shareable, make it accessible for people who may not be there? Yeah. I mean, so syndication is key, right? So I'm going back to this whole media model. So I understand this is very weird to be like, Hey, I'm here to change lives, Kevin. I'm not here to think about media and, and things like that, but you're listening to this podcast right now. Right. And, and, and so media is all around us. We are, we are all content creators. We're all media brands, whether we like it or not, because my wife can share the daily happenings with us and our three-year-old on Instagram. Uh, and, and so the key thing I'm thinking is who are we trying to reach and where are they at? Right. That can be one of the ways that church exemplifies excessive, excessive, I mean, welcoming and accessibility. Is it hard to connect with us? You know, this podcast is going to show up and have snippets on YouTube because both Jeff and Rob want to make sure you have easy access to information that can transform your ministry. They don't want access to be an excuse anymore. So they've decided to work with the team and say, how can we make sure this is at the fingertips of anyone who needs to find it? Now, we talked about um, Jeff's earlier question about connection, right? I don't want to just overlook that part of it. You are saying, this is an entry point for who, and what do we need to do next? We have to have that clearly roadmapped out, right? What is the, can, what do we want to have happen next? Okay, if there's a podcast, which is that early example, is designed to be shared with someone who should, who could enjoy or benefit from this message, then I'm gonna to say to them, now we want you to take action on this, right? We, we understand we gave you some tips or some things that the Bible has about marriage. Here we want you to do. We have a simple one-page guide that will help you do the things and kind of walk you through this mental process to ask yourself the questions the pastor brought up to you today's message. If you go to our website forward slash, you know, September the 1st, that's when the sermon aired, when the first sermon was preached, you can access this one page download. Just give us your email address. Why do we want your email address? We actually care about you. We actually want to know who you are. We appreciate the fact you're listening, but to us, if you go through this journey alone, well, then we failed you as a church, as a community. So connection to us matters. We, we, we would love the honor for you to give up your anonymity for us to connect with you as an individual. 
when you say that people that we don't want your journey alone, you mean it, obviously you would as a church, then at that point you're saying, okay, that's how we're gonna start to foster connection. We're gonna start with this kind of virtual relationship, build trust, and invite them to actually connect with those individuals because we want to know them. That's amazing. And uh, again, I wanna go back to this uh, statement you made a few minutes ago because um, I think, you know, especially in the 90s, early 2000s, there was kind of a worship war that took place between stylistic approaches to worship, right? Hillsong was born. I mean, you got all these other, you know, incredible worship uh, teams that were built. So I think now we're shifting into a digital war on how we actually use uh, the digital platforms to both communicate and engage in a church setting. And so uh, with this idea in mind, you said we're all media brands like it or not. And I love that statement because I think for a lot of leaders and pastors and churches um, with good intentions, they don't want to be gimmicky, right? Yeah. So the difference between a gimmick and a game changer, I think, is intentionality, which you've already talked a ton about. But how do um, or why should or are pastors and leaders um, should they be actively building their platforms? Should they have a platform? Yeah, so I would say this. Um, I've said it before, but I think it just hits home. Um, so the platform question, I would actually say it depends. And we'll get there in a second. So I promise I'll answer that. The truth that sits beneath all of this is we as consumers have changed our behavior, right? Mm -hmm. And no one yeah. takes a consumer hat off to put on their Christian member of a church hat on Sunday or on the weekend, right? Like that's not what happens. Right. And so we say to ourselves, okay, how do I do research for things I want to buy, things I want to experience, places I want to go? I'm going to Google it. I'm going to ask a friend if they've ever been. That is the fact, right? So, hey, what do you know about said church? I'm thinking about taking my kids. I'd rather not have my children scarred if the pastors I talk about genocide this weekend, Canaanite genocide, from the pulpit this weekend with my two-year-old there, right? So this is a reality of what's going to happen. So our job in that is to own that online invisibility affects our offline credibility, mm -hmm. right? So online invisibility affects offline credibility because we are accustomed as a group of people to finding things online and doing research. That is how it goes. Now, you might say, Kevin, that means I have to have a platform, right? I'm saying, well, you having a platform really is only designed to serve one primary goal, and it does have a bunch of like secondary, tertiary benefits, right? It's trust. It's trust, right? I mean, so I, um, I got saw an alert, so lately I've been loving Jimmy John's. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm loving Jimmy John's. And, and like, I've never been a Jimmy John's guy, but I'm eating there almost every week for the past, I would say four or five months. And an article comes out this week, um, right before we recorded this, not too far, and where they highlighted that the CEO of Jimmy John's been using his money to go uh, elephant hunting and killing like endangered species overseas, oh, in Africa. And they have like all of them like next to like a mutilated elephant. Like it's crazy pictures. Well, you say yourself, Kevin, that's what I do with my sandwich and my service at Jimmy John's. The people are nice, the, the prices are reasonable, the sandwich tastes good. Who cares, right? But that's not how people operate. We're evaluating the leader's character and saying, do I want to support an organization that aligns that is led by this individual? 
right? And I'm, and I'm separating all of the recent controversies, you know, in a variety of ways. It's just an example. And saying, I am building trust. If I am not a believer, or have, or have had tough experiences with churches in the past, or with faith or religion or whatever else, my ability to have some faith and trust in the person who's speaking and leading us can help me feel more comfortable going into the church and trying it again, right? Most of us have a person who just come to faith, a person who loved us, treated us well. We saw the way they lived their lives and said, I want what you have. What did you do? What did, what did you experience? How did you come to become like this? I want that in my life. I want that peace in tough times, right? So also saying the pastor having a platform is more about, hey, can I present and have trust and say, you know what? I like that church of things. And then I saw Rob on Instagram and I like that guy. Like I like, I, I mean, I appreciate the fact that, he, that he's doing and being and living his life this way. That makes me feel more comfortable with the church. Mm. Okay. So it's a trust factor more than anything. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a credit, it's a check mark of credibility. Of, I can, I can, I can go here with counsel and not be so concerned about what happens next. All right. So the other thing I would say is, well, no, did that happen through Rob's platform? Could that happen through the church's platform? Yes, it could. If Rob said, you know what, I just, I'm just not a social media guy. That's just not my thing. I don't care about it. I get the point of it. Clearly, I believe in it. That's just not how I, I operate. And I'm not trying to write a book. I just want to leave this church and be in this community, and I'm good. And that's, that's, what I, that's what I want to do with my life right now. Well, if that's the case, then I would say maybe we can actually have Rob make appearances through the church's platform, through the church's Instagram page, through the church's Facebook page. The time when I think a pastor has to have a platform, whether they like it or not, is when they have outside interests. When you have outside interests, you have to have a platform. And you say, well, Kevin, what do you mean? I'm not saying grow the platform to become the biggest influence in the world. What I'm saying is because I don't want to leverage my authority with the church for something that seems and feels self-serving. Well, Kevin, wouldn't that happen anyway when I grow my own platform when all the members follow me? Maybe. But that's their decision. Mm. Versus I'm now using the church's social media team to build my platform online. That's not the same. Carrie Newhall, who I worked with for years, we did not, we never used the church's staff to do what we did. They didn't edit a podcast, they didn't write show notes, they didn't publish blog posts, they did none of that. Right? And so at the end of the day, I would say, but if you're if you're writing a book or you want to speak on something else or you have other things you want to do, a side hobby, like yeah, I'm gonna do this I'm gonna, because I don't want the message of the church to be misconstrued, diluted, etc., by my personal interest and projects. Yeah, yeah. I hope our listeners have pulled off the road, taken pen and paper, because this is like quality, quality content for leaders. Um, Because I think that's really one of the tussles and wrestling points we see, especially with with Christian leaders, in the building the platform, in the are they being authentic in that space? Are they building credibility? Because what we know about instant social media and, and Instagram and places like that it's always our best that we put out. What would you say to the, the, the guy or girl who's wanting to build a platform to, to sort of whatever the outside interest may be, maybe it's a book or a podcast or just expressing their life, how would you caution them or advise them in staying authentic on social media? Yeah, okay, three things into my mind immediately when you ask the question, uh, Jeff. And so first one, 
build a personal advisory board or some kind of community. It can be two or three people, maybe one, but just a person with authority to just text you and say, no, take that down. That's not you. What and you, you did that for the life. You didn't do it because you meant it. You know, because we all need a little bit of it's like a person who can gut check you. Obviously, for many of us, that's our spouse um, who just is so good at that, looking at us and like, hmm, that's not going to fly here, right? That, that, use, that, right. Use, use that strictly stroke your own ego. Um, and that's going to happen, right? I mean, that's just the truth of when you look up yeah. and say, I, I yeah. thousand people who care about what I have to say. This is interesting. Um, and so, so I think that's, that's a part of it. Um, inviting that on the front end and saying, hey, I don't care about 50 followers or 500,000. I want one person or two people in my life frequently who, who, who will check what I'm doing periodically and just say, hey, I saw what you did two weeks ago. And while everybody thinks it's okay, that's not okay. Like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to jump. I mean, Johnny Cup has had stories. I worked with him at Dave Ramsey, and he said multiple times, hey, my wife had to come and say, hey, you made a joke about a business or a person on, on Instagram or, or Twitter. And you did it in a way that could seem funny, but if they're not laughing too, like you're, that's, that's making fun of them. That's, that's teasing them. That's not a joke anymore, right? My mom always said when I was a kid, it's only funny if both people laugh, right? If, you know, so if I'm, if I'm the only one laughing, am I teasing you? So having that in your life is big. The second thing I would say is writing down your real objective, right? Once you say I'm going to build a platform versus I just want to communicate with my family and friends, what are you doing it for, right? What is... If, if you die tomorrow and Instagram, your Instagram account lives forever, which it would, right, which it would, what do you want people to be saying about it? Hey, Kevin uplifted these individuals. He, 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 he rallied around these people. He, he gave me inspiration. He encouraged me. He challenged me. Maybe he just exemplified how to be a great dad, you know, while building a business. I mean, whatever your thing is. You know, you said, well, Kevin, everybody have a message like that. I'm still saying, okay, well, as of right now, the, the objective can evolve, but right now, I want my kids to be able to look back on my life as an adult and see glimpses in how their father or their mother lived. Dang, good enough, right? Like, I'm not saying, but that, that governs what we do and do not post. Even if you're saying, I will post about challenging times on Instagram because I want my kids to know I have challenges. Mm -hmm. Life wasn't perfect. I know that when I when I, when I focus on them, may have presented an image, but I want them to know that dad did then how to have it all together, and there were low times. So I, so I'm doing this as a public yearbook or diary for my kids to be able to come back and reference one day no matter what happens. Okay, that's great. Um, the third thing I would just say is this, and that is, if we have a community, and if we have it, I would say it's okay to document some values too. Like, hey, there's some there's some here's some just no. It's like uh, usually I, uh, I would say a no go list is you a little bit better, right? So Andy Stanley, um, this is my personal opinion. So and I don't know Andy personally, so if it's offensive, I don't mean to be that way. Andy's really great at doing something, implementing it, seeing how it goes, and then telling all about it seven years later. That's what I mean. I mean, I'm, this is true. We, I mean, I love his podcast because anybody else. But when you hear him talk about leadership, you're like, man, that is so eloquent. He's obviously a good communicator. But it's nice and tidy because it already happened about 17 years ago. That's a fact. And so, so what's happening is you love the content and you and there's a tiny difference. You're saying to yourself, but why does my life feel so much messier than his eloquent communicating skills, right? Because he's giving us things in retrospect. And that's his style, that's his approach. John Maxwell, very similar, right? Tidy, past, retrospective. Yeah. His personal approach, his decision, not mine. A little bit more real time, right? 
what are we going to do about film the bullying happened last week, right? Like, like, hey guys, the government just approved same-sex marriage. Here's my advice on what I've experienced in Canada. Happened yesterday, right? Happened last night. Like, this is not a, a 17 years ago kind of moment. And I'm saying that also means his stuff is not as tidy. Sometimes it's a little bit more of questions than answers, right? And I'm saying that's why they're both valuable. One guy's giving you experience in nice, tidy, organized frameworks. Another one's thinking about the mess of today. And they both add value. So just deciding, hey, am I going to share things in real time? No, i got to protect my team. I'm going to say no to that. Okay, that's okay, right? You're making a decision that you're not going to share any real-time stories because of what you want to protect people you work with. That's totally fine. Versus, no, I share real-time drama because I want people to know that I'm in it with them in my particular approach. I don't talk with my kids. That's not my kids. It's not my kids' platform. They decide this stuff. No, I do share family, right? These are all decisions you get to make in advance um, that can say guardrails. Because that people are watching your kids being authentic. No, no, no. My kids have their own digital footprint to protect, and I'm not going to be one who decides for them what you can find on them when you Google. That's not. If they don't get to decide that, I think it's not fair. That's a decision you can make, you and your spouse, right? That's, 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 so, so some guardrails. I think about what you won't do, what you will do will help you out a lot um, as you go through the process. That's so good. good. Yeah. We, uh, we're on a college campus, obviously, and so we deal a lot with um, millennials and Gen Z primarily, I think, is really starting to be the, the dominant generation that's kind of entering our campus. But um, are you seeing any kind of trends? Now, you're talking about Stanley and Maxwell being retrospective, or is it more current issue-based? And so as we kind of – uh, in our efforts here, really to engage and connect with students, um, are you seeing a trend one way or the other for like Gen Zs or Millennials? Are they more responsive to uh, retrospective content or are they more responsive to immediate content? I mean, how do we cut through some of that noise so that we can we can be a valid voice in their world? You know, ironically, I think it's, it, you, can be, you can choose. So um, one motivational speaker that's been with a lot of Gen, uh, Gen Z and, uh, and millennial stuff is two people, which is not in church world, so be fair. Right? You have Eric Thomas, right? This yeah. uh, preacher, you know, um, he, he spoke at my church when I was like a teenager, so he's been doing it for a long time. Listen, I love Eric Thomas. I get hyped up on his videos. So like, why, right? <laughs> go, go, go under the wall. Right? But, but for him... He talks about what happened when he was 16, him being wayward, him being out there, his own stories. It's still retrospect, right? He's presenting it in a style that's who, that's, that's authentic he can be. And I think authenticity with this generation matters most. So I'll put that out there. I think, I think, and research actually, she's coming out saying this, by the way. So you can Google it. Like, there are studies around Gen Z and millennials and how much authenticity is becoming a big part of what's happening. I think some of it is because of social media too. I think the social media is, is leaving this feeling of inauthenticity. So I think there's a hunger for it more. But then you have people like Gary Vee, who, you know, there are Gen Z's who love him, Gen y, you know, those who love him. He cusses, obviously, so I wouldn't recommend to this community. If you want to like Google it. He has a cuss-free YouTube channel, so if you want to find that one, you can go get Gary Vee content. It's all clean. Um, so, but what I'm saying is, He's doing a lot of real time stuff. Like, you know, it's him, it's him like he's actually his message is evolving in real time. You can feel it, you can see it, and he has no problem telling you it's changing. I think it still goes back to how do I communicate best? What are my guardrails? But at least I'll be authentic. They're both authentic. And I think you you know they're in it 
for the right reasons. He said, well, how can you say that? Well, first of all, Gary has a multi-million dollar social media agency. He doesn't need to do YouTube videos anymore to, to make money. Like that's not what's paying his bills. You know, Eric Thomas, you know, is making over $100,000 for a speaking engagement. He doesn't need YouTube at this point to pay his bills. Like it's not, they're not there to be YouTubers. You know, they're there because they actually think that it gives them help, them help people who can't afford what they're doing. Um, and so I think that's a part of it. Uh, but when it comes to, you know, the trends, I think the key thing is saying, how can I empathize with the people on my campus? Right, because mm. I, I want to be transparent and say, I, I was like, I, where I was at, I was uh, at Texas a and campus. And what's happening in College Station, Texas is not what's happening in Austin, Texas. College Station is a smaller town. Texas A&M is the town and the flow of life is different and it's more laid back. You know, it's, I, mean, it, it, I mean, it's called College Station for a reason, like the college runs the place. Whereas once again, in Austin or Nashville where I'm at, like, you know, there's a lot of other stuff going on. Um, and so you're asking yourself, how can we truly add value to the students' lives? So what I've been talking about a lot recently um, with people is generosity is now a marketing strategy. Yeah. And, I, and, and, yeah. and, and I said, Jay, Kevin, I thought generosity should just be something you do for free. No, no, no. Charity and generosity are the same. Generosity is the act of being kind and being, and being helpful, right? So we're asking ourselves, how can what we do through our marketing be helpful inherently? So, for example, I'm now a college campus, you know, church, and I'm trying to add value to their lives. Oh, final exams are coming up in about four weeks. We're going to be the first to remind them, hey, I know you're busy. I know life's crazy. Just a reminder, exams start for this campus in four weeks. They start here in two weeks. start here in one week. We are here for you. So we've created some care packages. If you're interested in getting one, DM us. We'll send you some snacks. We'll send you some notebooks. Maybe, you know, we'll send you a link to one of our Spotify playlists that we created for help you focus when you're studying, right? Just hit us up. We'll happy to do it, right? Hey, we're sponsoring a couple all-nighters to study in a safe environment. You have to worry about being in some random coffee shop or traveling in an unsafe period of time. The church will be open for 24 hours this day, this night, this night. Wi-Fi is going to be strong. Coffee is going to be going all night. Like, this is how we're going to help you. Okay, great. Like, okay, well, we don't want to do it. It's something simpler than that. Okay, great. Maybe something as simple as, hey, if you want somebody to pray with you, you can be an Instagram. We'll jump on the, the private little video message that somebody's going to be taking prayer. Like, we are here for you. Like, it can be any of those things, right? We have, we're going to have licensed counselors you can connect with. We have office hours. We understand anxiety runs high during this time period. We're here for you. Um, it can be, I mean, I know for uh, as an RA in college, you know, that right around uh, October was crazy set, sad times. But everybody's breaking up with their boyfriend and girlfriend back home. Pressure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just be on guard. Like, a lot of kids going to be sad moping around here in October. You know? <laughs> so, so, you know, so it's just saying, how can we be inherently helpful, right? It's just simple. We're going to attract all the restaurants that have great deals on food based on some nights of the week. When you, when you hit our town, we'll be going to tell you about it. What? Yeah. Hey, come on, click this little button, give us your email address, bring you a, a restaurant guide that walks through all the crazy great deals with all the food in town within 10 miles of the campus. How can we inherently add value? Right? Because help me save money, help me save time, help me make great grades, help me make new friends. I want to know what you're doing. You don't need to say Jesus. I'm like, hey, those are my kind of people because they keep showing up with all the cool information, right? 
And so something that simple can go a long way. And at that point, you say, well, it's not relevant to everyone on Instagram. We don't care if it's relevant to everybody else. We want relevant to these, you know, 55,000, 40,000 students in this one small part of, part of the country, right? So here's what we're going to do it. We're going to do it this way. So that also means on Instagram, to get tactical, tag your post with the city, right? So that when, so that when they're doing a search in the Explorer section, you're popping up, right? Uh, if there's a new restaurant opening in town, maybe you're the one that sponsors, hey, new restaurants open up in town, we want to go support them. We're going to pay for 25 people to have dinner tonight for free at this restaurant. Come with us, be the first 25 there, paying for your food. I mean, so it's like, whoa, free meal, college, let's do this, right? It's like, it's like, it's, it's just real simple, really quick. Um, I just want you to say, how can I add value to what they care about, what they need right now through social media? They never check in with us. Hey, I'm going to do a digital devotional. Every, every, you know, every day, Rob, I'm going to jump on Instagram for one minute, 60 seconds. I'm going to tell you a scripture. I'm going to tell you a, a key takeaway application for your life today. I'm praying for you in 60 seconds on my Instagram post, in the feed. Hey, it's Rob, it's Tuesday, right? It's Friday, August 30th. Here's a scripture. Here's one thing that I want you to think about today as you go through your day. Let me pray for you right now, all right? God, be with these students. You know what's in their life. You know what they're going through. Help this word penetrate their heart and let them know that there are people like me and others in this town that love them and want to succeed. Amen. Go get it. You're off, right? It's just, that can add value right there, right then. They may never like it, right? Because, I mean, they probably wouldn't like it, actually. But they may not like it. <laughs> They're probably going to like it, I'm being honest. But, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I appreciate the verdict. They're probably going to like it. They're probably going to like it, Rob. I'm giving you some credit. They're probably going to like it. But let's just say, you know, you know, hit the like button, right? That the, we do not know what that's doing to them. Right. Right. We don't know what it's like to you know, go through the feed and see someone that see who's been kind to of them, looking out for them, and then saying, I want to be a resource for you in this town. If you follow me on Instagram, you know there's someone in this town you can message DM right now. If all hell breaks loose and someone's going to show up or send someone to show up on your behalf, yeah. that's a big deal. And so, um, so I think sometimes we overthink it, but how can we serve them where we are right there? That's awesome. So good. So good. Like, 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 wow. So good. Like, like we just, we've got a new strategy for you. Like pastor Rob's like devotionals will be out starting soon. I'm, I'm ahead of you though. <laughs> like this week I decided to do this thing called, uh, well, the show's not launched yet, so I can say it. Uh, talk about it. It's a 60-second Instagram TV video, and I'm taking the uh, a key topic from the chapels that we have on campus, talking about it in 60 seconds, and then encouraging the students to go talk about it. I just thought about that this week, and I was like, I need to do this. And oh, so, confirmation from the Lord right here. They'll probably like it, though, Kevin. I think probably. We want to be fair to you and say, because it's already shown, right? There's this thing called the nudge effect. So when we send an email out, I'm like, well, no one opened my emails. Well, when they see your name in their inbox, it's actually subconsciously reminding you exist, right? We've all we've all had that happen. Like, you see the email from Old Navy, like, or, like, or Gap, like, something's on sale. You're like, I don't need anything. And then the week you like need to buy something for like, for an occasion, it comes through. And you're like, yes, now I want to buy it right now. Like, I got my coupon. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm gonna do it right now. I got the coupon, I got the code, right? Like that's actually a powerful thing. So sometimes being seen and showing up regularly, which I know feels so silly, but showing up all the time in someone's world, we, even when they don't engage us, reminds them that we, they have access to us, right? And so that's what the nugget effect all about: the subconscious uh, showing up and how that works. And so. 
Sometimes being consistent in someone's life in their, in their Instagram feed or in their email inbox has value even when they don't engage with the content. That's so awesome. how do we, in this nudge effect, because we want to show up, Kevin, but we know the algorithm is always changing. How, how do we sort of, I don't, I want to say fight the algorithm or, or, or find our way into the algorithm, but how do we, how do we actually get to show up? Because we can post content and it disappears if Instagram or Facebook decides not to show it. Man, yeah. You're, you're, I love that. So this is, so this is where this kind of, it's kind of kind of this, um, it's going to go against what I said a moment ago, but it all works together. Trust me. So <laughs> when we say new people where they are, right, we're saying go where your people are. So if your community, college students are on Instagram and Snapchat, then, you know, don't worry about Twitter, right? If that's not their platform, don't go. Like, you don't care about Twitter, you care about them, right? Like, Twitter can come and go. We don't care. We're going to go where people are. And they know that's where their value is. We're going to fight so hard to keep people on the platform. But it's also Mark Zuckerberg's house. So, you know, when you look at your parents, what they say? My house, my... Rules. Right? So, Mark's house, Mark's rules. I will play by Mark's rules because it's Mark's house. So, when I go to hang out with Mark and, and meet you at his house, I'm going to say, well, Mark, what do you want? So, right now, Mark is asking everybody, hey, guys, I'm a publisher. I'm a publisher of a company. I need video. Video has been proven for our shareholders to keep more attention, which keeps people on our platform helps us sell more ads. Second thing, Facebook groups are getting more engagement than Facebook pages. And so if you want to create a Facebook group or give us video, we will love on you. Because that's what we want. It's like a potluck, right? Mark's like, hey, hey you're bringing video. You're bringing video? Good. Well, come on. You, you, bring, in, you bring Facebook groups? Bring them. Bring your community. Oh, I don't, I don't really need your photos. No, thanks. No, okay. I, we, we have enough photos in here. I, I, I don't need more text posts. I'm okay with that, right? So your job is say, Give them the content they're asking because that's mm. kind of a reward. When Mark first launched the live feature, right, everybody got, look, something just went live. You got his notification on your phone, right? Because yeah. that they were testing. And so, that, so they were rewarding those who gave them live video. Right now, if you give us video pre-recorded or live and pre-recorded, and you give us in Facebook groups, we will love you more. Give them what they want. Now, if your community's there, you play the game and say, I'm gonna give my community on Facebook video. Oh, they're not on video. Instagram fans, we want Facebook, Instagram fans, give us video, right? Give us, give us stories, give us live video, give us DM engagement, right? And, but mainly IGTV stuff. So play the game, right? So when Rob said 60 second videos, Rob, I wanna, I wanna amend what I said. Let's give you 90 second videos, not 60 seconds, why? You'll see seconds, it only shows up in the feed. You can only do IGTV if it's more than 60 seconds. But IGTV is what they want to succeed more because long form video gives them more time to sell ads. So you want to actually do your devotion in 90 seconds, not 60 seconds, right? Which feels counterintuitive until you want to play Instagram game to keep the, or to keep the organic views up. So you're playing Instagram's game by adding value to your community. So what do they want? What does the platform want? How can I combine them to create one strategy? And that's what you're gonna do, all right? So, so I think that's how I would structure it. So right now, what does Twitter want? Twitter wants events. They recognize that people use Twitter more during the Grammys, the Oscars, mm. a football game, because it becomes a way to connect with others who are watching the show with you, right? So for you, you're like, hey, 
um, what do my what do my community care about? Well, hey, what if we did more Twitter parties around cool events? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm making this up clearly. That may not be what works for your community. What I'm saying is that might be a way you get a gathering around what you're doing. Uh, Twitter actually, is, obviously, let me do a lot of video there too. They pay the NFL to actually put certain games for free on Twitter because they were going to once again. That's when people start tweeting and, and tech and, and jumping in engaged with us a lot of events. So I think you want to find out what is that platform trying to do? What's their newest feature? And I'm going to go all in on the new feature. If the feature's gone in 60 days, I don't care. My job is to leverage the platform the way they want to be leveraged so I can get rewarded by all the organic reach I want during that time period. If the feature goes away, ah, okay. I'm only for people. I'm not here for them. I'm not here to get Twitter points. I'm here to get connection. Mm. Now, what it also means is this. Do not let your community stay there. We talked about this earlier, right? If all I do on my podcast is say, glad you enjoyed this week's sermon. See you next week. Subscribe on iTunes. I'll be very direct. That's awful. Like, it's awful. Because if iTunes goes away, and they're not the cool person podcast place anymore, and you have all the subscribers on, on iTunes, and Spotify becomes the next big thing, for podcast listenership, which already is clearly going in that direction, you're stuck. You're stuck, right? Because all your subscribers live there, which is why on every podcast, someone's going to hear me say, text this, 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 right? Right now, I need my phone number. Everybody, you can text me right now on my phone, 615-455-3399, right? 615-455-3399. If you have any questions about marketing for your ministry or your organization, just text me. I'll be talking to you, right? Because I want to get people off of this podcast and connect with Kevin. I've been invited as a guest as for, with Jeff and Rob. My job is to provide value and, and serve them well, make sure they look like they're smart for least having me on here, right? And then say, okay, if you like me enough, you think I'm cool to hang out with, uh, here's a way you can connect with me too. You don't want to, no pressure, of course. Glad we got to hang out here at Jeff and Rob's house. Hopefully they'll bring me back another time. But I might have a party here in my house a couple weeks if you want to be invited. You can give me your phone number, text me back, and I'll invite you personally to that party, along with Jeff and Rob. They might be there. Come invite them to the party, right? So it's just, that's how it goes. Do not fall over the platform. Use the platform to meet people. Invite them back to your email list, your text list, so the platform dies, your community does not die. That's, that's so amazing. I think... Um... I think, you know, so if we go back to the church, which is, again, sort of our heart and our conversation, um, there's no doubt that the church has typically ran 15, 20, maybe even 30 years behind at some points, right? So uh, how do we or can we, is it even possible for churches to catch up at this point? And how do they jump in when they're already so far behind? Yeah, the church is about 14, 15 years right now, I think, my personal opinion. Because I'm thinking about things I was doing as a marketer full-time for a company in 2009. And things right. just now starting to do in 2020, pretty much, right? And we're knocking at it. And I'm like, ooh, you know, this is tough. Um, I think to myself and say, you have to decide you want to get back in the game. So for, I mean, so just you decide, hey, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to, like, I want to meet people where they are in the way they understand today. Right, so prioritize that. Second thing, I get asked a question when I, after I do a podcast like this one. Kevin, you got any good churches that are doing examples? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, no, I don't have any good churches. I mean, like, I'm just being honest. Like, churches are they're not going to be good examples for you, right? Because they're all thinking about the same thing you just said. 
well, if we're all sitting here behind the church are doing a good job, I'm like, no, no, they're all doing what each other are doing. That's why they're all still there. <laughs> the standard. Like, I'm sorry, I'm a good, I've searched y'all, I promise I'm searching. They don't exist. I'm big, I'm, I'm, I'm problem asking. I cannot find one church that's marketing using today's strategies in every aspect. I don't have one. They might be killing it with streaming services. They might be killing it with social media, right? They might be killing, they have one little thing. They got one person in the building who's killing it and the pastor's thumbs up on them and let's do their thing, right? So what I'm saying is, stop looking in the church to understand it. Like, it's not going to work, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so if you keep doing that, you're going to stay where you are because you're like, there's no pressure. Yes, absolutely. there's no pressure amongst your professional ministry friends to up your game. The only pressure you're going to feel is you knowing that you're not meeting the yep. people you want to serve the way you could be meeting them. All right? If that's yeah. more than that, I'm sorry. I don't have it to give you. You're not going to see Andy Stanley's not killing it in this area either, right? So you want to compare do the North Point comparisons? Don't worry, you're in the clear. You want to do the comparison of any other mega pastor? You're fine. You're great. Don't worry about it. They're not doing it either. So you can go back to what you're doing. So the key thing I'll say is this: you decide when you get in the game. You have to say, "We're how we're going to resource it, right?" I'm calling an experiment. I'm not saying you have to get a fifty thousand dollar budget. Hey, can we find five hundred dollars a month? Well, we I don't, I don't have it. Okay, can we find one rich person in the conference to get six thousand dollars for one time? Say, we have one time six thousand dollar donation. We're going to run an experiment to see if we can better connect with the next generation or our current audience or our current community by using digital marketing and media tools. Are you in? But yeah, I'll give it a I mean, one-year thing. If it works, it works for you. Maybe do more, right? Um, and from there, we're saying is what we're going to do. We're going to try the process of personalizing marketing. That's the one thing I challenge anybody to do. Just try to personalize your marketing strategy. And here's how this looks. And, I, and guys, I'm going way over. There's somebody to shut up, and I'm okay with it. I'm not offended. We're gonna be out taking no, we're good. We're good. We're good, man. This is like gold. Okay, give me a bonus episode. Um, when I say personalized, let's start with the obvious. MailChimp is free. If you if you don't do email marketing right now, you're missing the boat because email is still the most effective marketing channel that exists. I know. Can't believe it. It is. Right behind that is text is going to be emerging. Text is still struggling because people know it's the last inbox that's not bombarded by marketers and they're fighting to protect it, which means they add more value to get text than you have to do to get email. But emails you collect what? First names, last names, birthdays, anniversary. You can do all that on the online form when they sign up, which then means for you, you can tell them happy birthday every year. Oh, well, I mean, what, what, yeah, they would know it's, it's, it's automated. I mean, well, people, people know that everybody on Facebook got an alert that they told them their birthday and they still say thanks for the birthday wishes. Right? It's, 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 and so the idea of someone saying someone to the time that even care enough to automate a birthday message. No one. My mom didn't call me, right? Like, my, my uncle didn't call me on birthday. You, the church did. The church, the, the college campus said happy birthday to me. No one else did. So that first thing that matters. Two, if you come to church this Sunday, we have, we have coffee and an ice cream and a gift card waiting for you to show up. Yep, your birthday gets here, waiting for you to show up anytime this month. Just come by, got your name on it too, right? Okay, great, right? So if they don't show up, email it to them. Well, how do we, how do we, we have for a mailing address, right? It's like, hey, pick it up at church, click two button, pick it up at church, or two, have it mailed to me. 
will have mailed to me that get your address, which I have more information than you had a week ago, mm. right? So you can't skip church for seven weeks and me not know it. Come mail you something and say, hey, we haven't seen you in church in a while. Are you okay? Who wrote that? Oh, the congregational care team wrote that down. The volunteers did the note, the note for you, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a scaling of information. You can't do that without relationship. That's the best part about this. So digital marketing is so impersonal, but it requires personal relation, which then requires relationship and trust. And how you're going to use it and respect. And so I think the key thing is we can start there. Second thing I talk about all the time, and, this, and I said, I keep, this is more of a challenge to every church more than anything. I still see anybody do this idea. I don't know how many times it's all kinds of good ideas. Don't do it. So I'm going to say it anyway. Your sermons are organized chronologically on your website. Are they not? Yeah. Who knows the last time the sermon series called, you know, Good to Great? What is that about? Personal development? Is it about, I don't know, right? The church knows, the congregation that went and saw it knows it's a marriage series. I have no idea it's a marriage series. But if my marriage is struggling, when I go to your sermon series, you know what I don't see the topic? Marriage. I don't have a topical search for what the Bible says about my current challenge. Once it's your website, sermons should be organized by topic, not by chronological order. Because chronological order only has value those who saw it. It is not value for Google searches or the person who has a pain point in their life, right? But then we do this what? Hey, Kevin, will you guys learn more about marriage or get a free this or free that about marriage? Put your email in, right? So now you know that I probably get an email on a, on a marriage series. I didn't get any other series. Why is the first email I'm going to get something about coming to some launch event, some cool thing, a Christmas program? Not Kevin. Based on your engagement list, we know you're interested in things about marriage. Here's another video you might not have seen about marriage, right? MailChimp, you can create unlimited sign-up forms on, on MailChimp, which means you could even say low-fi, low-tech, nobody who knows how to program anything, I'm going to create a sign-up form, for, a unique one, for every week of the marriage series. So I'll know where they came from. Ooh. I know they came from week one versus week two versus week three versus week four. And now I can say, Kevin, thank you so much for checking out week two of our series called Good to Great. It's all designed to help your marriage do the blank. If you like more information on marriage, here's three other things that might help you, right? You're personalizing the experience as fast as you can. And here's why that matters. And I'll shut up. These things will check Google every day. I did some research on this. I found out that someone searches the, to Google, what is the meaning of life? Six people are searching every second. Hmm. What is the meaning of life on Google? Six people every second on Google asking what is the meaning of life? That's their source for the question. Because they don't, because you can't find that on a church website, unfortunately, right? When you search, this what comes up, a bunch of random bloggers who are willing to answer a question the church would want to answer. I Googled it. They asked the question, what is my purpose? With a personal pronoun, that question gets asked over 3,000 times a month. You know what you can't find it on? A church. A random blogger says, how to find your purpose. Right? The church is refusing to say, how do we personalize this? And then with Google giving you search results back in less than one second, and I have to dig your church website to find an answer about marriage or parenting or health, you're losing. You're losing a simple battle that you are actually well equipped to win.
right? Mm -hmm. And so, so my thing is, personalization requires information, which requires us asking for it, and then building systems that allow us to use it. Email is the first one because it's just actually easiest to do, right? There's technology out there that can do all this across all the platforms. And you're going to say, well, does Planning Center have this? No. You know why they don't? Because Planning Center is designed to serve the church in its current iteration. If, if every church demanded more Planning Center because they were all going to up their marketing strategy, they would add the tools. They're going to serve the church in its current marketing strategy. So there is no cool Planning Center integration. I get asked the question all the time. So this is, forgive, this, forgive the passion here. It's like, I just think like, hey, maybe I have to use a tool that wasn't designed for the church. Like, but I can use it because it serves people. And I'm here to serve people, right? You all using YouTube matters because everyone's just not going to go to iTunes for a podcast. Podcast listenership is not caught up with YouTube viewership. It hasn't. Now, podcasts proven a couple of things. They have higher earning potential. They have higher, higher earnings, household income, higher education levels for podcast listeners. If you're watching on YouTube, it's not an insult. I'm just telling you the stats, right? But YouTube people... Right? They're, I mean, they're, gonna, they're probably going to be much more engaging in some parts of it. They're probably a younger demographic, but you can also organize clips by questions. Right? That's How to market good. my church to college students. Take clip, clip of Kevin talking and ranting, insert video, the viewership goes up. Right? And even if it's not high, the listener and the viewer is very qualified because you all are a podcast that talks to college ministry. Right, and so what we're trying to do is say, why? Because YouTube is the second leading search engine behind Google. Yeah. YouTube, then being Yahoo and fill on the bunch of all your other buddies, right? And so we're trying our best to play the game. YouTube also rewards you for having more videos than one long video. If you put up two, three videos a week and you have around fifty thousand subscribers, YouTube starts paying you money. Now, guys, what, Kevin, money? Yes, y'all are not writing checks to, co to, to collectives, so I want them to make money to pay for this, right? You're not writing checks. <laughs> I want them to make the money so they can keep doing this, right? That's how it's going to happen, is taking the podcast and putting up to six, seven videos over time, producing two to three every week, as opposed to dropping one long interview, even as even the same amount of views. It's less views for YouTube, and YouTube game is what? More viewership, more ads, more money, better stock price. And so we had to play that game. And so I would say this once again, personalization requires information. You can get it. You can do that. Have a reason for the request. We want to honor you on your birthday. We want to honor your wedding anniversary. We, we, we cannot do it. We cannot send you and your spouse flowers. We cannot do these things we want to do if we do not know more about you. This is the beginning of a long-term relationship with us as a ministry, us as leaders, we'd like to do this if it's okay with you. Yeah, that's cool. I, listen, I, I, Rob, my mind is like blown at this oh, point. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, 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 I'm out of room on my paper for notes. Like, I, I don't know. Wow, Kevin. I mean, this is like game-changing information um, for anybody trying to meet a need, it seems like. And, and because... What I think we know is everybody has a device. Like I, demographically from, I mean, youngest, we're getting devices now at like 10, 10th birthdays, kids are getting phones. I mean, yeah. it's just where, where the market is. And I love this concept of playing the game. I mean, we don't make up the rules. I feel like the church has spent their whole time kind of fighting against the game. 
Mm-hmm. When, when I think if we just learn to play by the rules, like Kevin's saying, we can have a bigger impact rather than sitting there going, I don't know why they're not coming. You know, why are they not showing up to our thing? Why are they not showing up to our, our service or space or potluck or whatever it is? Um, so learning to play the game, learning to play by the rules is, is really what's going to have impact on us and, and expand what we do. If you were going to give the shortest snippet first step for somebody, a pastor, a leader who wants to jump in, what is step one? Besides hiring Kevin B. Jennings. Let's, yeah. Let's yeah, that's very kind. Of, well, well, I would say this. Because, especially, on the, I'm in the digital marketing media stuff. Is that okay? So, my, that first thing we're going to? Okay, great. So, first step in this space, build an email list. I know that sounds so boring. No, I've heard, I've heard John Acuff time and time again say that he spent too much time on social media and oh, not yes. much time building an email list. As a person who worked with John during that season, I'll tell you he's right, and he didn't listen. But now I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's the truth. And it's like, it's, I, mean, we, I mean, I was in the building, and it was like, come on, dude. Come on, bro. We got to get these emails. And, and here's why. In today's world, parting with an email address, giving up anonymity, to someone, I've heard uh, Don Mills talk about this, it feels like the person paid you $15 emotionally. They have the same emotional response as paying $15 to your email address. That means investment, emotionally and intellectually, right, to say that. Two, that means I can talk to you when I want to. Social media is what I call a tune-in style platform. If I'm not on Twitter, when you tweet, I miss said tweet. If I'm on vacation, when you post on Instagram, by the time I come back, I do not see it. It doesn't mean I didn't want to see it. I was not available to see it. I was not doing it at the moment. Email is waiting for me in order when I come back. It does not vanish. It does not disappear. Right. Make sure we can answer the story up there. Well, let's not send an email. I don't want to bother anybody. So, well, well, that means if I don't catch it 24 hours, I don't see it. That's really cool at times. And I think there's a ton of value why you do that. But email is number one in the list. The so, how, can, I, can I ask a yes, follow up question? Um, if email has value, what exchange rate should a church ministry organization have? in exchange for that email address. I know like a lot of times I go to a blog or I get a website and they'll give me some little five tips to whatever. Um, what's the exchange rate for email for a church or ministry? Yeah, so the key thing I'll say is this, is am I solving a problem before they, before a problem? What, like, what problem can I solve for them immediately? So for example, going back, Rob produced a series about friendships and, and, and how and how surround people with a strong community. He pulls on stories from the Bible about how Jesus surrounds with incredible people. People weren't perfect, but they wanted to do better in their lives, right? I mean, I'm making all this up. Clearly, please do not judge Ross preaching based on my terrible analogy. <laughs> what I'm saying is then you see there, and, in the, and on his page, when he posts the sermon on YouTube, et cetera, he says, I actually wrote down a guide. It's seven questions to ask yourself to about every of an hour for five ways to know if a person's a true friend, right? I think biblically-based principles about friendship and connection, and I tell you that I present these five principles. Then I give you a little worksheet to put down everybody's names who are your friends, and you're going to check the box if they fit all five, right? 
I'm helping you evaluate the friends in your life to help you recognize in advance who's for you and who's just there. Mm. Right. Now, that may have no value to a 75-year-old. But his community, called them up, yes, that's all I want to know is who's here, who's really here. I'm making this up. What I'm saying is, if you don't know your people, it's going to be really hard to create something that's worth the exchange. Yeah. What I'll say is, but then I, I want to contextualize what problem I solved with the content. So, right now, for those who, who are listening to what I'm doing, right, if you want to build your platform, happening called the Personal Brand Blueprint. You text Blueprint, right? To a, to, to a number, I'm mean, in a second, right? Then you have the opportunity to download a resource that, that is designed for someone to build a personal platform. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm making this up again. But, I mean, but what I'm getting at is, is an idea and a strategy around what problem can I solve for them before they come through my doors and it's value. Now, there is no percentages. Because I've seen percentages where I've given them away for free and it's been downloaded 35% of the time. In that one setting, I've seen where I've got 75% of the time. And 75% of people said, I want that thing. And it's typically connected more to how helpful is it for the people that I'm trying to serve in that moment. And so I think that's where I would probably say, and for pastors and ministries, I would say, can you do something that connects really well to the current sermon series for college ministry, connects really well to the challenges facing students on that particular campus? It might be five, five non-traditional ways to find your education. You know, like, I mean, I, and say, well, you know, what do you mean? We have, a, we have an annual fundraiser. We should help kids get their own college. I'm making it all this up. I think the key thing is, do we know that answer? If we don't, then it's our job to find out the pain points facing mm. the people and then go after it and build something that serves them before they come into our ministry, before they come into our doors. That's awesome. awesome. Well, man, I tell you what, I, I, my brain is just overwhelmed with cool amazing content um but i'm going to ask you one final question um for the show we ask every guest this question and so uh, we're a college campus and um one of the things we love to ask our guests we ask all of them is what did you learn in college what's one thing you learned in college outside of the classroom hmm. This is tough because what, I feel like what I learned uh, outside the classroom in real time uh, at, the, at the moment um, had a lot more to do with women. So we won't go there. Uh, <laughs> but what I will say, except for my non-dating advice um, <laughs> about all my poor choices, um, I will say that um, let the hard stuff be hard. Let the easy stuff be easy. And I know that, you're like, what do you mean by that? Wherever you are in your life, there are things that you've been uniquely gifted to do that are easy to you. They are. They're easy. Like, you don't have to try. And I'm not saying we should work on our strengths and amplify those. Actually, I'm big into that. Like, lean all the way in your strengths. But I'm saying in life, there's all things we're going to do that does not come natural to us. What we tend to do is we let everything get equal effort. Mm -hmm. Everything has to like, oh, I'm not doing this enough. No, but you're really good at that, and you're efficient at that. And long term, I want you to do more of that because you can become the best in the world at that. <laughs> but for those who struggle with something that requires your effort, and it's, and it's, something, it's, a, it's a bucket you can't pass, it's something that's truly yours to do, and you know you can't give it away to somebody else, that's okay if it's hard. Let that be hard. 
work on it, grow in it. Like, let that be hard. There are things like I said, you know, some things are going to be hard. And, but I think sometimes we, we, we overdo it. And for me, that meant if you're good at this particular class, don't spend the same amount of time doing homework for that class knowing you're really struggling yet. If you can listen to that lecture one time and you stick with it, like intellectual property and copyright laws, like I get here once or twice, I'm like, I'm in. I just remembered it. I loved it. I was into the class. I was a geek in that way. But man, biology was kicking my tail. And it was just like, a, and, and, I feel like and I feel like that plays up on other parts of my life. Relationships, I think I need to work on relationships. I don't need to work on relationships, even outside the classroom. Um, and, and I'll say one more thing, sorry. And it was the power of relationships. And I think that for me, um, I, I looked up with my ignorance and some parts of my personality, but the, the people I met in college um, and, the, and how they, and what that's done to my life uh, since then. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, over, yeah, gosh, 11 years plus removed from college. And, and I would say like, it has been incredible to think about the value of the people, not the word, not what I learned, but the mm. people I met that's changed my life. And so I hope that whoever you are, wherever you are, even if you're not in school anymore, you're still not thinking that your skills are enough. Uh, your relationship with people matters way more than a lot of that stuff. That's for sure. That's what, what we didn't say on this episode, we let a lot of people know. I, Rob and I met as undergraduates here at Lee. And so many years later, I'm showing our age. Uh, yeah. We're now sitting at a table doing a podcast. So we, we resonate with the relationship yeah. piece. And I think it's something that a lot of our guests have echoed. Um, so speaking of relationships, how do we stay connected to you, Kevin? Yeah, so first I have a gift. Uh, gift one um, is that the fact that I have something called the Email Marketing and Social Media Starter Kit. All right? And if you text the word starter, so that's S-T-A-R-T-E-R, so starter, to 345, 345, I will send you the Social Media and Email Marketing Starter Kit. All right? So what's going to, what's that going to include is it includes a 30 minute plus audio of me walking you through a social media email marketing strategy that works for you no matter where you are. It includes a social media calendar. So you kind of start building your content out, a blog content calendar to map that out. Um, and so has a lot of things you can just help you get the ball going in these areas with it without using advanced strategies, just like basic understanding of these different platforms. And I'll let you get it. All right. Um, I will ask your email address. Come on, connect with you. I got a price when I preach, right? Um, but then you also can text me directly on my phone, and that's just 615-455-3399. And that could be my debate. I mean, you're like, hey, thanks for the podcast. I don't agree with anything you said. Let's talk about it. Well, I'm not going to talk about it. You know, like, you know, as Rob, Rob's talking about it on his, on his new show coming up, we're going to talk about it with Carly. We'll talk about it. Um, but, yeah, so you can just text me and, or call me. I'm happy to have a conversation with you about it. Um, and just kind of talk through whatever you're working through together. Um, and that's it. So it's an honor, truly, guys. Um, I know that what you're doing is, is trying to help people, and you all are busy and you have your own lives to lead. And um, the fact you even share your access to your community uh, with me, I don't take it lightly, and I hope I added value today. I mean, Kevin, I, I, we owe you so much. I mean, the information you gave us today is is of immense value. Gold. We're gonna We're going to probably spend – I don't know, the next day or two, plotting over all this information, how it benefits what we're trying to do. And I hope our listeners do the same. Yeah. Um, a lot of podcasts, you do it two times because you're trying to get through the information. Slow this one down to time and a half and listen to all the information. <laughs> I 
there's lots of nuggets here. If you'll, if you'll take, take the, what Kevin says and apply them to your platform, your ministry base, and to help you impact people. And we are immensely thankful for what you gave our, our audience today, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, we, we wanted you to know uh, you're absolutely welcome on this show anytime. And as we always say, you always have a seat at the table here at the Collective Scope Podcast, man. So God bless you and thank you for what you're doing. Everybody stay connected to Kevin. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Collective Scope Podcast. Would you do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review and share this on social media so this content can reach other great leaders? Thank you.